Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, we're back. Paul, what is going on today? Well, we've spent a lot of time yeah, uh, we have. talking to each other the last 24 hours, really. I know, man. I feel like we've been on Zoom for hours. It, just today alone, actually. Yeah. Several different meetings and yeah, but that's cool. You know, we should just record every meeting we ever do together um, and just put that in the bonus episodes or something. <laughs> Today's conversation would have been really entertaining and very uh, popular. I think most of them would be. Yeah. yeah. But just actually not speaking, appropriate though. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, So Hannah asked one of my boys the other day, uh, Bo, my freshman at high school, um, she said, did anything interesting happen in school today? And he's like, oh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff happened, but it's all inappropriate, so I can't tell you. So, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I can take some guesses, but, um, yeah, usually it's like, oh, we saw a fight, another fight, and it's usually between girls. So Classy. Yeah, real classy. Classy. Yeah. Well, Public so, school? Such is the state of public school. Yeah, they're the – my, my, yeah, Jack and Bo go to public school. They wanted to go to the high school. The other kids go somewhere else. So, yeah. But, yeah, man, um, been a good week. We've talked a few times and had a lot of good meetings with prospects and uh, getting some, some uh, first time IBC policies closed out for people this week. So, it's been good, man. And here we are at the end of the week and I'm ready for the weekend. Uh, although it's like zero degrees here. Ugh. So we're <laughs> Hannah and I are like, let's just not go anywhere this weekend. Let's stay inside all weekend. Yeah. Well, it's 49 degrees warmer here. Wow. Good for you. Glad somebody's getting a break. Although, I mean, it, stuff's got to be moving your way, right? The snow is finally hitting the country and the upper Midwest, at least. Yeah, we got rain. But if you went up a couple hours into Pennsylvania the other day, it, they got they got a lot of snow actually, just a couple yeah. hours from here. So we we got yeah. rain though. Yeah, and there's some flooding going on too. So yeah, Alexandria, like Old Town, always floods. Yeah, it's I mean, it's right on the water, so it's. Um, but uh, yeah, they closed down schools, and yeah, we're yeah. we're fine now. We're inland quite a bit, so yeah, yeah. Well, tis the season. Um, I need to go somewhere warm. I'm looking at actually going to to a Marathon Florida for spring break. Oh, dude, why don't you go to Turks and Caicos? Because that's where we'll be. Are you taking the kids? Yes. Yeah. Turks and Caicos. Where is that? Yeah. I don't even know where that is. Where's that in the globe? There. Got a globe up there. It's down in the... It's down... It's down know, south, like down off there. the coast of South America somewhere? Or is it off of... No, what, I don't, it's not that Africa? Far. I think it's like in the Caribbean. Is that off the continent of Africa? We're probably... I don't know. Looking like total morons right now. I'm really bad with geography. Geogra <laughs> I'm good at it. I just, I don't want to say it's in the Caribbean and then have that not be correct. Let's see. Do you need a passport? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's right next to um, 
what the heck? It's right next to. Uh... If you need a passport, we can't go. Because you don't have passports. Oh, uh, do, do kids need passports? Yeah. Yeah, they don't have passports. They can get them. You can get them in like two weeks. Really? Yeah. What government it's... shot? What government organization can do anything in two weeks? I'm telling you, it's it, the passport thing they've got down, I think. And I don't know if anyone's going to argue in the comments about this, but I've had easy experience. Going to the post office, you get your photos already, you do all the paperwork. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, Tammy got hers like in days. What? Well, Hannah's got to get hers changed to her, you know, she's got to change her last name uh, on hers before this summer when we go on that trip. Right. Yeah. yeah. Get on it. Yeah. So it's it is down north of Haiti. Uh, okay. It is due east of Cuba. Okay. Um, kind of on the same line of of latitude with with Cuba, but right above Haiti in the Dominican Republic. Okay. You want to hear something interesting about the Dominican Republic? And I think this is true. I haven't verified it. There's something called La Soga in the DR, and what it is, they have a three strikes and you're out rule in the in the Dominican. If you one strike, you go to prison. They let you out. You commit another crime. You go back to prison. When you get get out, if you commit a crime for a third time, they assassinate you. They just have people, government people, who go find you and kill you, and they're done with you. That's your third strike. You're out. Wow. That's what I was told by an actress who filmed a movie called La Soga. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was like, wow, that is that's pretty hard to believe, but interesting. That's worse than. That's not quite as bad as Hedley Lamar, though. <laughs> it's Hedy Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> he killed a guy for just not even bringing enough gum. <laughs> uh, all right. Boy, is he strict. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, uh, so I just got an email, like, like right before we started recording here, from a client. Um, we won't say his name, but he... he just got a policy. In fact, he got policies for everybody in the family. What in the last, like last year, last right? Year. And he said, "Hi, Dave. I just took my first loan of twenty five thousand dollars. I had the opportunity to invest in a new type of um, cataract lens that should hopefully really improve cataract surgery as we mature. I'm hopeful that when the small company sells to private equity or goes public in two to three years, I can repay the loan and keep you know the earnings on that. Let the infinite banking journey take flight." So this is cool because not only one did he not he had his eyes we're talking cataract so no pun intended but he had his eyes open for yeah. opportunities right because he knew he had capital available but we know what his profession is and this is kind of in line with his profession so he's not investing in something he doesn't understand so he found something which if you look you know follow Robert Kiyosaki at all all investing is not equal. Like you and I could invest in the same thing. It could be risky for me and not for you because you're more knowledgeable, right. right? So it's all individual based on how much knowledge do you have about that particular subject. So in this case, um, I hope that's a really cool investment that works out for him, but um, pretty cool, huh? He had that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And took it. absolutely. Very, very cool. And again, that, that mindset, and I think he was already on his way before he discovered IBC, but now now his money is originating from the best location possible. And now he's going to be earning money in two different places. 
Absolutely. One, and for, one for sure. One for certain. And and let's say, you know, worst case scenario, this investment doesn't return any of the money that he put in, right? Like you and I have been there, right? You put your money somewhere and it never comes back. Well, so sad. <laughs> I know. Um, what, guess what? That money that he borrowed against, at least that value is still earning and still growing for him inside his policy, right? That equity he has and they're still working, even if that $25,000 never comes back to him. Yeah. I mean, it, it hurts. It's still 25 grand that you don't have anymore. But right. over time, you'll be able to earn up enough capital, pay that loan back. And the entire time from you know now until whenever that happens, it's been working and growing for you inside the policy. So pretty cool. That's right. Yep. Good yep. for him. Happy yeah. for him. Yeah. So, well, speaking of other clients and conversations we've been having lately, I've particularly been having a few conversations recently where I'm really, I've really uncovered the way a lot of people are thinking about money and thinking, um, you know, the way we've been taught to think about our finances is in a very siloed fashion. By that, I mean, hey, if you want to save for retirement, there's a silo over here you can put money into, right? If you want to save for your kid's college, you got to put that over here into this one. If you want to save for that new car, you need to go put it over here into this one. So we're spreading our money in different places and we're only thinking about it as one use for that money, for those kind of dollars like, I'm putting there. Yeah. It's almost like the Dave Ramsey envelope method, which I've heard people use where they have the grocery envelope. They have the, I don't know, wife's nails and pedicure right. stuff envelope. And then they have the whatever envelope for this. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Spreading it, it around. It's a lot like that. So, <clears throat> and the the reason I came to that conclusion is you talk to people about opening policies on, you know, you got the breadwinner, then you got the other spouse and you got kids. And I was talking to a, a, a couple this last week and they've got a policy in place um, on, on the breadwinner. And then they want to get one and actually on both, you know, the husband and the wife. Now they want to get one on the daughter. Well, they're looking at that as saving for college. Like this is going to be her college fund. Instead of funding one of those 529 gimmicks, we're going to put money into a whole life insurance policy for her. And then they start looking at it and saying, well, how much money is going to be there in 18 years? And we look and they're like, you know, man, that's not as much as, as you know, my brother is doing for his kids. I feel like we're going to be behind the, the ball. <laughs> so I pulled up the husband's policy and I said, well, guess what? 18 years from now, you're going to have like $800,000 of cash. Do you think that's enough to cover college for your daughter? Add it, it to whatever. Be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and it, it just dawned on me. We need to have this discussion with people that there's one pool of capital. It doesn't matter where it is. It's all your money and it can be used for anything you decide. Because as you always say, the banker makes the rules, can do whatever he wants. Yep. Yeah. This, this comes up once in a while and, you know, maybe comes in waves with different people thinking of kind of just kind of like little stovepipes of excellence. Like this policy is for this. I'm going to have mm -hmm. a policy for this. 
we just go back to Nelson's words. This is to be a system of policies, right? It's, and as you said, it's, it's one pool of capital and that's mm -hmm. how we treat our own stuff, right? It's, I don't care if I'm taking a policy loan, generally speaking, since I'm, I'm taking loans from, for convenience sake, from actually two policies, because some companies limit how much you can take in a, in a 30 day window without additional paperwork, let's say, which is fine. Um, so I just take 50 from here and 50 from here. And you could access right? more. You just have to do it in a different manner, like fill in out a, a piece of manner. paper. And it's still yeah. not difficult, but no. I just, you know, I'm ultimately very lazy and it's not that big of a deal to me because I, right. I think of the seven policies as just, it's a system. It doesn't matter where the, the, the policy loan comes from. It doesn't, it does, it literally doesn't matter. Right. Even though I may uh, have started those policies for a specific reason or to handle a specific expense, future expense, right. where, you know, I was saving for the kids' college at the time when I discovered infinite banking, when it was introduced to me. So I said, okay, I'll stop funding those 529s. I cashed them out, mm -hmm. just took the hit, whatever. I don't care. Um, and I'm going to start funding these policies now for the intent of that being their college savings. But in the meantime, what have I used it for? I've used cash value loans from my kids' policies to flip houses, to, to help buy my son's car, uh, for all sorts of things, for other investments. Um, right. Because just like you, I don't think of, oh, well, that policy is only for that. Like my my the policy I created for charitable giving and tithing, right? I use that for anything, you know, in addition to that because it's all one pool of capital. Yep. So it it's very easy to, I mean, it's a good, I think it's a good mental practice to, to look at where are those different silos in your life and hey, instead of putting it there, just create a policy and put the money in the policy. But let's simplify it even more. And how much capital do you have available? Where is it going? How much cash flow do you have? Where is all that outgoing money? Just compile it all and put it into a single place because it's going to work better for you in a single place as opposed to spread over over spread out over five different places, right? Yes, for sure. And he's not, you know, obviously we're talking about, you know, the government has created a problem, onerous taxation, excessive taxation on its citizens. And then they created the exception to some of that tax through qualified plans. And that's where most people put money. They put it in their 401k. They put it in a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, a SEP, a Kia. Well, I don't think many people use Kia plans anymore, but anyway, um, these are all in competition for your capital and they're all designed to separate you from it. And what I've discovered over the last four or five years now, I guess, yeah, this would be my fifth year of thinking about the infinite banking concept is that um, I would have, if I hadn't been introduced to it by you, I would be heavily restricted in the next 12 to 15 months in what I'm able to do, where I, like I'm going to live where I want to live. I'm going to build a house in a neighborhood in the neighborhood that I want to live. I'm not compromising anything because I was like, wait a minute, does it make much sense to separate myself from my capital? And gosh, if you can just critically think about that question, Dave, for a second, like this, this qualified plan is not really doing anything. They trick you into th thinking that it, it's reducing your tax burden. 
is it? Yeah, maybe maybe this year. Maybe this year, but 20 years from now? What are yeah. the tax rates? I don't know. Yeah, the future's unknown. So why why would they say, hey, if you want to save for retirement, put your money here. If you want to save for your kid's college, put your money here. You know, there's different places for different reasons. And we've been convinced that that's the way to do it. And every place has different rules. Like your 401k, that has vastly different rules than your 529 for your kid's college. Which is highly restrictive. And highly complex and confusing. So why, why are we doing that? Because the government said that's what you should do. Right. When was the all last my neighbors time? and friends are doing it too. Yeah, right. When was the last time you took the government's advice and it was actually good advice? When was the last time you thought they ever had your best interest in mind? If you think they have your best interest in mind, then we can't help you. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you truly yeah. believe that, that those politicians are thinking with your best interest in mind, you could probably just stop listening to us right now. Right. And I, I don't think anyone who would find us appealing would think that anyway. Uh, right. We obviously think a certain way and our clients know that. And um, I don't think the stuff that we, that we talk about on this podcast is, is appealing to us a large segment of the population uh, if you're talking um, anyway. So, all right. Yeah. But it it's, does, it is suspicious though. It is, and it, but it doesn't prevent like every like a lot of listeners here are very smart, intelligent people, even mm -hmm. good earners, um, good business people, entrepreneurs, uh, great W two employees, whatever. But it's still difficult to kind of avoid the siren song of these government offers, right? I don't think it's any different than one of my favorite movies of all time is Goodfellas, and there's a scene in there um, where one of the restaurant owners goes to Polly for protection. And hey, you made a deal with Polly. Yeah, you're going to get this protection that he he guarantees you. But what's it going to cost you? Well, in the end, it costs that restaurant owner everything. Because right. Polly made the rules. So he ended up, you know, they burned the place down, collected insurance money, and the guy was out of business. Right. So it's like the siren song of, oh, here's an easy fix. They're going to help me out right now. What's that? What's the cost of doing that long term? You know, not just today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's unfortunately, Dave, it's it's not something that the general public, you know, I hate to say like your average Joe or Jane, even it, it's not even a thought in their mind. They're blindly handing over 5%, 10%, 20% of their income every month into a qualified plan. Um, and unfortunately, most of them, even if they have a financial advisor, <laughs> They're they're not going to be in as powerful of a position as they as they could have been. And of course, right. a lot of the people I talk to in this local area are government workers or former military, so their lens is different. They've got maybe they've got a pension, so they have that guaranteed income. Uh, but most they need to they need to understand. And I often talk about this with them is that most people don't have that. Pensions are gone. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. they're gone. Very few uh, companies still have one. Right. They they don't they don't exist. Yeah. I mean, even the airlines, right? The, I mean, most of the airlines, if not all, uh, of FedEx them, has a pension. But even that FedEx does. could be on the chopping block. You know, at any given year, and they don't know. Right. 
Yeah, and we've if you go back to our episode with Mr. Paul Horsley, he's a former airline pilot, he kind of went through that. Him and his wife were both, you know, airline in the airline industry when a, a major carrier, you know, went bankrupt and had a buyout or whatever, and the yeah. pension vanished. Yeah, vanished. Yeah. Starting from scratch after that. Imagine that you're counting on, hey, you're gonna get, you know, I don't know, five thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life, starting when you're sixty or whatever, and then you're forty-five, and that all of a sudden is not true. Yeah. You know, you bring up something about you know, pensions and, and IRAs and things like Nelson. I'm rereading this one, building your warehouse of wealth. Um, if you want to know for where which we got this the, podcast is named, yeah. If you want to know where we got the name, we didn't think of it ourselves. We just uh, found one of our favorite books by R. Nelson Nash and and used the same words that are in that book or titled that book. But anyway, Nelson talks about. How like back in the 70s, he predicted and he was telling people that eventually to prop up Social Security, the government is coming for your 401k. They're coming for your qualified plans, even though the 401k wasn't even around in the 70s. Uh, I think it started, what, maybe 79, 80. Um, But at that time, he understood. And and certainly today, it's it's one of the, if not the largest pile, stockpile of, of cash possibly in the world, but certainly in America, that yes. the government controls because they, they created that exemption to the, the tax code. They can make, change the rules on it. So who's to say they're not going to reach in? And other countries have done this. Um, who's to say they're not going to say, hey, Paul, you've got way more money than you need. You know, Dave over here. Haven't you made enough? Dave over here didn't save as well as you. He's not as fortunate as you. So we're going to take some of your money. Like, great job saving right. it. Way to go. You owe us taxes on this qualified, this yeah. traditional IRA or this traditional 401k, which has been tax deferred. Yeah. We're going to just reach in and take the tax money that you would owe this year on that. We're just going to take it. And uh, distribute it, right? Wealth distribution. Or what if they, uh, right now, you know, require minimum distribution start at age 72? Who's to say they won't start that at age 67? Right? Yeah, they keep going the wrong way. You know, I, I mean, I disagree with all of it, obviously, but it's they're, they're extending it out. And I'm just like, interesting. Yeah, because they they're, they're changing it to make it Keeps later, getting older. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know people are living longer too. So I don't, I don't. I'm trying to think of you know from a government. I mean, we have a spending problem, right? The government has plenty of revenue, mm-hmm. right? We, we spend too much money. I think the. I don't even want to get into it. But, the Parkinson's uh, law. Parkinson's law magnified. I think we're going to spend more on defense in 24 than we spend domestically. Is what I heard this morning. Really, on a podcast or something? Something in the trillions now. Yeah, it's insane. Wow. Yeah, but if you if you have your money somewhere that you control and that's out of reach of government interference as much as it can be, um, right. how much better are you going to feel? You know, the the unknowns are a lot. Most of the unknowns are taken out of the equation. Yeah, I've said this before. It's just a it's just a nice way to live. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to monitor what the market is doing. I don't have to like, oh, did the policy increase in value this year? I know it's going to. Yeah. Every year. And um 
And that's it. There's enough things to worry about in life, raising your children or doing well at your job, whatever that is, or your business. Uh, this is this gives me one less thing to worry about. It gives me something I can rely on with with certainty. And that, yeah. you know, I can't put it, I can't illustrate that on a piece of paper with numbers, but, you know, it's tremendous. It has tremendous value to me personally. So what what's that old axiom? There's only two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Death and taxes. Well, how about getting one product that that takes both of those into account? So now my death is guaranteed. Great point. Now when I die, my family is going to inherit a huge income tax-free uh, sum of cash, right? Yeah. Because it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed that I'm going to die, and it's guaranteed that that company is going to pay out that income tax-free payout to my family. So we covered that. What about taxes? Taxes are guaranteed. If taxes are guaranteed, then why would you put your money somewhere that's going to get taxed later, that you're, you're putting the seed to create a harvest of taxes? Why not put your yeah. money somewhere where it's going to grow and be accessible tax-free? Boom. Right. Both it's, of those things covered. It, it's simple. And um, with some creative structure, you can use some of the money you owe to the federal government. Like if you have to write quarter, pay quarterly taxes uh, through your business or um, however you're set up is, you know, policies can be created to capture that tax money before it goes to the tax man or Uncle Guido, as our friend James calls <laughs> the uh, the IRS. So, do you take offense uh, to you, that? Isn't that an Italian? No, term? it is. Yeah, that's it's fine. It's I'm not I'm not deleting our history. Yeah, don't delete <laughs> it's, it. It's yeah. part of it. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay. Right, but. So anyway, it's just, it's all about being really as efficient as you can um, with, with your money. And as you always say, like, why have your money doing one job when you can have it doing multiple jobs? And folks, if you could figure that out, it's, it's all true. Um, you can put money into a policy, build wealth in that policy. And then when you have an opportunity to come up, you can take against that policy's cash value and deploy it to that opportunity. And now you're earning in two different places at the same time. Um, I, I don't know how, how else to put it more simply than that. Well, um, I think no matter where you put your money, it's doing more than one job at the same time. The question is who, who's getting the benefit of all the jobs that money is doing. Like you give your money to the insurance company, that money is doing benefits for the insurance company. Great, because sure. you're an owner. You want it to. I'm an owner of it. That's right. Yeah, it's doing benefits for you inside the policy through guaranteed growth plus dividends plus a death benefit asset that you purchased. And if you take a loan against it, it's doing it benefits for you outside the policy. What about when you put your money in a 401k? Like, yeah, that's doing some benefits to you. So hopefully it's growing. But who else is a benefit? Well, it's benefiting a lot of people. Let's count. When you go to take distributions from your 401k. Uh, or any qualified plan, who's getting paid before the money gets to you? Uh, how about federal government? Yep. How about the state custodian. government? The custodian or your mm -hmm. whoever's controlling whatever brokerage or yeah, fiduciary a, is controlling that money. Yeah. They're getting paid. Um, possibly even your city is getting paid. You know, there's city taxes, depending on what city you live in. Uh, and then finally, finally, you get paid. 
So that's benefiting that those dollars are doing a lot of jobs at the same time. The problem is only one of those jobs are being done for your benefit. The rest are for somebody else. That's right. And you're not in, and, and you don't get a vote either. You're not in control of any of it. No. And you have a, a very small with those traditional plans, right, Dave, which most people have, you have a small window of time between age 59 and a half and age 72 or whatever it is now, maybe it's 70 and 72 and a half. Yeah. I keep, can't remember. It's one of those, uh, where you can access, where you, you know, you're in control in, in other words, you know, of, of that. Yeah. Where you can take out as much or as little as you want without penalty. Right. That's right. Yeah. Outside of that, you're in a penalty box. Yeah. Unbelievable. Very small window, you know, and then you think of something like a 529, which is even more restrictive. Oh, those are. I'm sorry, but those are, I, we both had them. Those are terrible. I, I can't think of a more complicated, useless product than that. Oh my goodness gracious. Everybody's got them too. It's just like, it's the financial advisors, you know, oh, five to nine, saving for college. You know, it's just, yeah. I'm sorry, folks, but let's, what? It's not, it's not good. What page is that in, uh, in becoming Chapter your own? 10? Oh, no, that's when he talks about, uh, the, uh, a different look at the monetary value of a college degree. Page oh, 75. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. And this was written in the year 2000. This is 24 years ago. Yeah. Which means that that's when it was published. It was probably written before that, right? So, and Nelson knew at that time, the value, the true economic value of a college degree is, is far less than, yeah. than they make it out to be. You see it on the news all the time now, or, you know, these young people complaining that, you know they're making more money, you know, waiting tables, or they're than they could in their marketing job or whatever, um, or their gender studies job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell you. Speaking of that, if you haven't seen Matt Walsh's "What Is a Woman" documentary on the Daily Wire, you have to pay to you know ninety nine dollars for the year for content. But that's a phenomenal documentary. That any any interviews a professor of that. I can't even call it a a field. It's a made up. It's made up baloney. Let's face it, right? But right. anyway, the guy can't answer a question straight. Like it's it's so frustrating. And and Matt Walsh is just so calm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, that, yeah. But anyway, but right. It's you're really gonna. I mean, I I would like my kids to go to college if if they're going to go into a field that necessitates a degree. They're going to be a military pilot. They're going to be a a nurse, a doctor, an engineer. Yeah. Yes. Great. But if you're going to, and I was a history major, it's worthless. Sorry. Yeah, worthless. But if you're just going to go just because that's what all your friends are doing or that's what mom and dad think you need to do, like, come on. That's uh, not many kids know know what they want to do at that age anyway. Uh, Like my son, he's, he's in, uh, he's taking some flying classes. It's like uh, air, what is it called? I don't know, but he's learning like basically ground school. At high school. Nice. And it's just a course that's offered, which is awesome. That's you don't cool. have to pay extra. He even got to go up in, an, in a Cessna, get like yeah. a, you know, intro ride. And uh, he's really interested in it. And he's like, maybe I do want to go to college, but oh, wait, I don't even need to go to college now to be a commercial airline pilot. Right. Tammy's so, little cousin, that's what he did. Instead of going to college, he went to a flight school in Florida Yeah. at age 18. And now he's, uh, he's just, now he's building time. He graduated and now he's building time at a local, a guy mm-hmm. lets him fly his like plane around and 
And uh, so he's building that. I, I forget what the hour requires. I think it's 1500 now or something. I think they dropped it to like a thousand hours. Now you can get a restricted ATP and fly for a commercial airline. So okay. when you walk onto the next plane, the next 737, you get on to take that trip, look into the cockpit and see how young that kid in the right seat is. Yeah. They could be very, very young. With the three stripes, not the four the stripes. The three stripes. The three yellow Even stripes. Even some of your four stripers, four. though, and the smaller airlines are pretty young dudes, too. Very young. They were all younger than me when I flew um, yeah. regionals. But um, So that was interesting. But yeah, so you don't even need that college degree anymore. That makes How much sense does that make to go, hey, I, I really like flying. It's a good profession. Um, it's a good time to get into it. I'm going to spend my money doing that. And you know what? I'm going to pay as I go. You know, you can work and then fly, you know, just yep. pay as you go and graduate with as little debt as possible. And, uh, and guess what? You can use that whole life insurance cash value to pay for that. And nobody says you can't, nobody tells you you're going to get penalized because, oh, you're using that money was saved for college. Now you're going right. to get penalized because it's not college. Or we're not going to let you use uh, your post 9-11 GI bill or your GI bill for that. You can use it for this, but you can't use it for that. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know, so many, so many options. But the bottom line is we got to stop thinking about putting our money into silos and think of all of our capital. There's only one pool of capital. Let's put as much as we can into a single place that's going to benefit us and give us the most options, the most freedom, the most control. Yeah. And and the least penalties you could ever possibly find. That's right. I wonder, um, you know, it's simple for us, right, Dave? Like how much of the banking function do you ultimately want to control as much as I possibly can? Yeah. And it's not all going to happen overnight. It's going to be a process. It's going to take years. It's going to take 20 years. Yeah. To, to control all of it in your life. Yep. But that's how powerful the banking function is, that it would actually take two decades to be able to get to the point of controlling all of it. Yep. Think long range. Don't be afraid to capitalize. Yeah. Think generationally. I think that's that's so important. Yeah, because 20 years is a drop in the bucket if you think that way. That's right. Yeah. Think of 20 years ago. What was 20 years ago? 2004. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. You're getting old. Yeah. Well, we still have our hair, though. So that's nice. We do. I was talking to my dad. My dad turned 70 a couple of days ago, and I called him up. And uh, I was like, well, I'm still glad you got you got a, a head of hair. At least that you know baldness doesn't run in the family. And he's like, well, a receding hairline does, though. So, well, it comes you know, from your, your mom's side, they say. Does your mom have a brother? No, just a sister. So... I think that's what they say, like the hair gene comes from like your mother's, yeah. I'm not sure how it works. But I think so. But I feel would, like every- Would <laughs> that mean that your mom's dad would be the one to look at? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's still got hair and he's like 92. There you go. So I think I think you're good. My mom's dad, like toward the end, had a little bit of a, a you know, bald spot right here, but he was yeah. 85 years old. So, but my, it's funny, they say that. Tammy always says that to me. She's like, oh, it comes from the mother's side. And then you have to look. At, and I'm like, yeah, but every guy I feel like I know whose dad is bald, that dude's bald too. Yeah. It, you're not kidding. Right? Man. <laughs> and what's up with the military? The military, like 60% of dudes are bald. Are bald. 60% yeah, I know, probably. Fact, some people, we get, you know, Sean, you know, our our, our friend. And uh, 
I just uh, wonder if it's know. a thing in the military. Like, is it the, the, the lifestyle that really accelerates that? Or is it, I, I don't know. Or maybe that's just the, it's, the, it's, the normal it's population. Yeah. 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 I mean, I got it, my first haircut when I was six months old. Because <laughs> that's how, how you, strong the hairy, hair genes you are. You hairy little guido. Yeah, just, a, just a hairy animal. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. But don't but, worry. Even if you're bald, you can go through underwriting. It's totally fine. That's true. That's not even a question on the app. So Not even a question. Are you that's bald? That's awesome. So, so It has nothing to do with your, your health span. So that's good. Yep, your longevity. In fact, you probably live longer because you're more high speed, low drag. You save money. I spend twenty seven dollars every two weeks to get a haircut. Yeah, I spend thirty five once a month though. Ooh, so I spend less than you because I only get one once yeah. a month. Your hair is like nice and straight and fine though. Mine's. I know we talked bristly. about your 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 nappy hair. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> super annoying. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Well, we'll let everybody go then. Uh, we'll yeah. talk. We'll we'll continue the conversation about Paul's hair uh next week so <laughs> until then control your capital or somebody else will hey thanks for listening everybody if you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode please send us an email to david and paul at the and subscribe and leave us a review if you're on apple follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on spotify and please share this with your friends we'll see you next week